It's the Locked On Aggies Podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network, talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M, gearing you up for another week of SEC basketball This past weekend wasn't exactly what the Aggies wanted in the SEC Big 12 tournament, but when you look ahead, this could be a team that hopefully is able to find their pattern on a very rough road schedule. We'll be breaking down that in just a quick moment, but as always, we have some housekeeping rules to follow. Make sure you're following us on social media at Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is the number one podcast covering all things Texas A&M as part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Make sure you're also following us at Aggies SI. All Aggies, part of Sports Illustrated's Maven process and the Locked on Podcast Network have partnered together to give you a second element towards all your Texas A&M coverage coming in this podcast, you can check out all of our recent episodes as well as this podcast and all of our great work covering Texas A&M at si.com slash T-A-M-U. And if you want to follow me on social media, let me know what I'm doing right. Let me know what I'm doing wrong. Let me know what you do and don't like overall. You can just follow me at Mr. Cole Thompson. It's really simple. My name is Cole Thompson. I am a mister. That's it. Don't wear it out. At Mr. Cole Thompson, at Aggies SI, and at Locked on Aggies. Before we begin the show, there's a lot that goes into basketball, and there's a lot that goes into the sporting world, but I want to take a moment for this first half to talk about news that broke in the sporting community that I don't think we will ever see again, and if we do, it's going to be a very, very long time. Until this happens. Kobe Bryant. Five-time NBA champion. Two-time NBA Finals MVP. 18-time NBA All-Star. 11-time first-team All-NBA roster. One of the top scorers in basketball. A mentor to many. A fan to the future and one of the pioneers to modern basketball, passed away yesterday at the age of 41 in a helicopter crash that killed nine people, including his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna. I actually reached out to a couple people when I heard this news, not believing that it was true, and the closest thing that I could come up with was I spoke to my mom, and she said it was like the day that JFK was shot. Nobody could believe that this could happen. But it's a day where we will look back and say, I remember when. That doesn't happen that often in sports. At 41 years old, Kobe Bryant was flying to his daughter's basketball game with eight other people when a malfunction in his helicopter went down. The helicopter would crash, engulfing the families and all those involved, the victims, in a burning flame right outside of Los Angeles, California, 30 miles about what south they were heading to Gianna's private basketball game, a tournament. All who were involved perished in the tra- in the crash. Kobe inspired many people, not just on the court, but also off the court, because of his tenacity and drive 
one of the biggest things I took away from it was even when Hurt and his body wanted to give up, his mind and spirit never would. It allowed him to transcend the game of basketball and put the work ethic into many. There's been many quotes talking about how Kobe Bryant would show up to the facilities in the Staples Center down in Los Angeles at early as 4 in the morning, just hours after a game, to better prepare himself. People will always remember some of the biggest moments in his life, being one of the very first players ever to forego college to enter the NBA draft. Drafted 13 overall by the Charlotte Hornets, he would be traded to the Los Angeles Lakers and become the youngest player in NBA history to start in a basketball game. His numbers 8 and 24 both hang from the Raptors at the Staples Center where he helped the Los Angeles Lakers win five total NBA championships, one as early as 2000 through 2002, then in 2009 and 2010. Both those seasons, he would be named the MVP of the finals. To some, he was a hero. To others, he was the perfect villain in a corrupt plot of destroying basketball dreams. But to four people, he was known as one name, Dad. His daughters will lose a father while his wife, Vanessa, loses a husband. They also lose a sister in an up-and-coming star, Gianna. And one of the biggest things that people will remember about Kobe in his last moments of life was his ability to speak ball with his daughter. And the way he would speak of her was one of the more powerful things in the world of sports. Watching him pass on the message to others, including his own, showed why Kobe was such a big part of the world of sports today. I look back and I'm trying to figure out why this would happen and how a moment like this could happen. And I've read so many tweets and thoughts from people and what they believe happened and how Kobe inspired them. Kobe was more than just a basketball player. When we look back, his mentality known as Mamba is a way that we look at how we treat ourselves, treat our minds, treat our bodies, and how we treat our work ethic. Whenever we would ball up a piece of paper and aim for the trash can, one couldn't help but yell, Kobe, deep from downtown. Kobe Bryant was more than just a basketball player, and while he wasn't a perfect human being, he did so much for both his communities of Los Angeles and his hometown of Philadelphia. And it's a shame that we will not be able to see what more good he would have done for the game. Although there were imperfect moments in his life, and you already know what they are. I don't have to describe them. The world of sports lost an icon. And multiple teams will do their part to honor the legacy of him. Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban said in a statement yesterday that no player will ever wear the number 24 again in the Dallas franchise, honoring Kobe Bryant's legacy both on and off the court as a competitor and as a friend. It's a very similar trend we saw in the MLB when Jackie Robinson's number was retired by all 30 clubs, never to be worn again. And it could be a trend we see in the basketball world. Petitions have already gone out to potentially make Kobe's silhouette the new logo of the NBA. No matter what happens with the Kobe legacy, what we can take away is that sports lost an icon, three girls lost a sister and a father, a wife lost a husband and a daughter, 
and a lot of young athletes and fans lost someone they could look up to. Kobe Bryant passed away at the age of 41, and the world will never forget the legacy he left on and off the court. Speaking of the court, the Aggies basketball program faced off against Oklahoma State in the Big 12 SEC showdown, and we'll be breaking down that game in just a quick moment. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, thank you so much for letting me get my thoughts out on the Kobe situation, what went wrong, and what I truly believe is an icon lost in the sporting and cultural world. Uh, But now we got to turn back to basketball. We got to turn back to Texas A&M, which is what this podcast is about. And unfortunately, unlike some teams hoping for better days to bring in positivity, around the sporting world with the loss of such an icon, Texas A&M did not have that pleasure over the weekend. The Aggies men's basketball team hosted the Oklahoma State Cowboys at Reed Arena as part of the Big 12 SEC showdown that takes place every season. Much like the football program, the Aggies basketball program was hoping to find a way to claim a victory over the Cowboys, even if it came down to the wire. Meanwhile, for Oklahoma State, Mike Boykin's squad needed a big-time win after going on an 0-6 start to begin Big 12 play. Well, they got that win. I'm proud of the way that our boys stayed focused in each other and stayed committed to our team and are trying to find a way to figure it out, Boykin said after the 73-62 victory. Isaac Lulecki scored 13 points as the Oklahoma State Cowboys would get the win on Saturday. The Cowboys snapped a six-game losing streak, moving to 10-9 in regular season play. They led 34-26 at halftime and actually had a lead as high as, I believe it was 21 points, with nine minutes left to go in the game. Wendell Mitchell said after the game, We gotta come out fighting a lot harder. We punched and we let them keep punching. The Cowboys shot 55% of their shots in the field, 27 of 49 compared to A&M's 39%, 23 of 59. They also were pretty strong behind the three-point line of 42%. They also made 50% of their shots in the second half. A&M only shot 33%, still one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the game. Uh, We were non-communicative on the court. And we were on, uh, even when we were on their heels, Buzz Williams said after the game, we don't have the ability to overcome that. The positive note for AM is they did have players score in that level of double digit range. Both teams actually had that. Emmanuel Miller, Josh Nebo, and Quentin Jackson all scored at least 11 points. Also, Jackson had two dunks, one in the first half that erupted and gave AM an early advantage, one in the second half on a windmill dunk off of a steal that made life come back to Reed Arena. Meanwhile, for the Cowboys, Thomas Didijwa and Jonathan Laurent, as well as Lindsey Waters and Yuri Anai, each scored at least 12 and 11 points. We also followed the Lecky, who scored 13. This was the first game since the merger of the two schools, but the former Big 12 opponents were able to play against each other for the first time since 2012. Oklahoma State keeps their winning streak alive against AM one more season, moving to 6-0 over the last six games. The biggest story to come from this is also J.J. Chandler. The junior guard out of Te- uh, Katy, Texas, was called for a flagrant foul and was ejected with nine minutes left in the game 
after stepping on the head of an Oklahoma State player. Originally charged with a technical foul, further information would prove that Chandler could have avoided the head of Cameron McGriff, leading to his ejection. According to reports by Buzz Williams, there was no evidence on his side to where he saw the actual play. Refs had to come up and explain what happened. This was what he said after the game. I didn't see what officially happened, but the officials told me. I asked what was I supposed to say to the media because you got to look at the monitor and I didn't see it. He said that Chandler stepped on the head, which is a flagrant two foul and an automatic ejection. I did not see it, nor have I seen it, but questions to him what led him to do something else. He said no, it was not a fight, which led to a suspension, uh, to which it was a flagrant two or an automatic ejection. Chandler also issued an apology, saying, I want to apologize to Cameron McGriff, Oklahoma State, my coaches, my teammates, and the 12th man for my actions in today's game. Chandler posted on social media, I never meant any harm towards Cam. What happened doesn't represent who I am or the program. The thing is, I agree with what Chandler's saying. There is no harm to the program. This isn't a dirty AM team that is coming out and consistently making mistakes that lead to more violent charges. Or, you know, we, we watched earlier this week Kansas and Kansas State go into an all out brawl, leading to the indefinite suspension of two players. That's not what I see here. What I see is a frustrated team that is taking their aggression out on poor play on other opponents. That's still not right to do because at the end of the day, you're representing the college and being down by 20 points in an SEC game. I get it. It's frustrating. Buzz Williams is known for transforming teams and bringing them into positive reaction. But overall, you look at this A&M team and you're wondering when is everything going to click? That may not happen this year and they may not happen even next year. But the production and the positivity of it all is that A&M is a team that hopefully will figure things out and can get it together. Because that's what Williams is brought in for. But frustration and plays that end with flagrant calls aren't going to last. And I think that Chandler is proving the point that, yeah, we were frustrated. And because of my frustration, it led to us struggling. I mean, he did score seven points in that game beforehand. He, I believe, had a total of, what was it? I think it was... Two rebounds, three rebounds, seven points, three rebounds. He had an assist. He had one steal. He was doing good. And when you lose a player like that, you kind of just lose the rails and you don't really know where to go from here. So I do think that while Chandler was in the wrong, it doesn't represent the program. But when you look at this team and this frustration, you have to wonder when is things going to get better and right now they could go on a three-game losing streak with games against a Rick Barnes-led Tennessee team that has had production in the past and also a Georgia team that was able to that dropped a game this past week to Mississippi you're gonna have a pissed off you know Bulldogs roster I'm not sure you see this team getting better 
But in the Big 12 SEC Challenge game, uh, both schools went 5-5 five and five real fast just to go through it. Missouri lost to number 14, West Virginia, 74-61. Auburn was able to beat Iowa State. The Tiger, number 16 Tigers moved on 80-76. LSU and Will Wade staff was able to beat Shaka Smart in Texas, 68-67. Oklahoma defeated the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Ben Howland's squad fell 63-62. Kansas was able to beat Tennessee, 74-68. Of course, A&M losing to Oklahoma State, 73-62. Arkansas defeated TCU. Eric uh, Eric Musselman has this roster looking more and more productive each day. And then, of course, uh, University of Kentucky was able to defeat Texas Tech in overtime 76-74. The Tennessee Volunteers will play host to A&M this upcoming weekend, but they just played host to a potential Aggie recruit in the running back position over the weekend up in Knoxville, and we'll be talking about that in just a quick moment. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But what you may not know is Locked On Aggies is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Texas A&M fans just like you. Unlike other podcasts, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Texas A&M fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right there on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. Let's get our team with your team to achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. And remember, take them y'all. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas AM. Guys, if you're not following lockedonpodcast.com, what are you doing with your life? We have over two dozen and college football, college basketball podcasts ready for you to listen to, along with the NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, all the sports you need. All you got to do is click on the link and go check out LockedOnPodcast.com. It's not about just listening to Texas A&M. It's about listening to all great podcasts. And we have a ton ready for your listening ears at LockedOnPodcast.com. As mentioned before, Tennessee will play host to Texas A&M in basketball this upcoming Tuesday. But before that, they just played host to the number one running back recruit in the nation who is on Texas A&M's radar. Zach Evans took his official visit to Knoxville this past weekend where the rock was painted. We love Zach Evans. The photo was shared on SI All-American and was shared by us at Sports Illustrated's All Aggies. The biggest problem with losing a recruit like Evans is the depth at the running back position. Where there is no true top back anymore. Isaiah Spiller is your only guy. Anaya Smith, who came in and played the running back role, is your second running back now. With Jacob Cabote, Jay Sean Corbin, and Cordarian Richardson all leaving for the transfer portal this past offseason. If you lose out to a guy like Evans, 
an elite runner, a dominant pass blocker, a multi-purpose weapon, you're losing out on more than just a player who has high potential. You're losing out on someone who could elevate your roster to another level. AM needs a true secondary running back. And we've been following this story for a while. We're not sure where he's going yet. He hasn't made his official decision. Originally expected to go to Georgia. Now is headed more towards the area of, I would say, open field. LSU and AM have been the top two names on the roster, but now with Tennessee in the mix and also Ohio State making a push to get the memorial running back. This could be a major concern for AM. They're looking like a promising team. They're going to finish with a top 10 recruiting class in 2020. But overall, you want to get that game changer. And if you get a five-star on your roster, don't get me wrong, they have a couple according to 24-7 Sports with their composite scores. But uh, everyone has their own ranking system. Zach Evans is a co- consistent all unanimous five-star. If you get that in your backfield and pair that with the production of what Spiller had in his freshman season, you're in a very good spot to win. Not just win, but also finish the year off strong. And that's what I think is going to be a massive selling point to Evans and his staff. If you want to win in the SEC West and play against the top competition, come to our school. Because the reality is, they need him as much as Evans probably needs A&M. Probably even more, to be completely honest. Evans can go anywhere and find success. I don't know if you can say that the opposite way about A&M. A&M needs Evans because you definitely don't want to be playing against him. And although there are some issues with him off the field, I think those can be corrected with the right support system. And you may want to keep him close to College Station because of that. If they can land a player like Evans and his potential, there's definitely a huge promise for A&M's football team looking like a legitimate contender in the SEC West. Every team in the SEC West, I think, is going to have struggles, but this is a team that I definitely think could benefit from having them. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson, at Aggies SI. Remember, all of, all Aggies and the Locked on Podcast Network have partnered together to give you quality content and follow us at Locked on Aggies. Tomorrow's show, we'll be, we'll be breaking down exactly what you can expect as the Aggies face the volunteers and Rick Barnes staff in Knoxville. Until then, we will see you soon. And remember, gigam y'all. This has been Locked on Aggies. Presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.